Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host. Today, I have Kevin Von Esper from Von Esper Studios, the film company. He is doing a documentary on Dookie Fly Swatter and the Haunted Garage Band. He's going to be coming in here soon. Awesome stuff. If you don't know who the Haunted Garage is, seriously check them out. If you're into like horror punk stuff like that, it's really cool stuff. You know, if you're into like green jelly guar. Uh, misfits it's like a big amalgamation of pretty awesome stuff but before we get into that how the hell are you all doing spring is finally here it's been really interesting the last couple of weeks here in the metal forge you know just like crazy stuff has been going on like mercury retrograde i think is what they call it so but anyway i'm gonna keep it really short and really sweet this week uh not really much to talk about oh happy april fool's day by the way uh, there was going to be a joke, but due to some conflict and scheduling and stuff, some things come up. I was going to announce Metallica as being my guest and have Beatallica, which is totally cool. But I didn't because, like I said, some scheduling errors and stuff like that on my part. Things had came up. Things had changed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
They're going to be here next week, though. James is going to be here next week from Beatallica. Cool stuff, indeed. I do want to go ahead and let you guys know that the next Metal Forge Takeover show will be June 24th, Friday, June 24th, at the Mag Bar in Louisville, Kentucky, and got a little bit of a cool theme going on here. I'll have uh, Carcasa from L.A., I'm going to have Kerr from Lexington, Indiana, The Hell You Say from Louisville, Kentucky, and Chattanooga's own Coat Hanger Abortion. So, $10, come on out. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, it's uh, show starts at 8 o'clock. It's June 24th. Super rad shit is on the horizon. And I'll have a few more this year, too. So, fun stuff. But I do want to check in the heavy metal wasteland again with Jason Gardner from Temptations Wings. He has a review of the new Night album. Super cool. Uh, let's check in with Jason. Jason, what do you got to say about this? Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Wasteland. This week, I want to tell you about the latest album from the Bay Area band called Night, spelled N-I-T-E. The album is called Voices of the Cronian Moon. Let me tell you this. This is some really unique music. This is their second album and first for Season of Mist Records, and was released on March 22nd. So the band is a trad slash new wave of British heavy metal hybrid, and I know what you're thinking, this is nothing new. But the reason this album really stands out for me is the vocals sound like Lemmy singing black metal. I really can't express how this factor really gives this band a unique and engaging sound, and I have really come to love this band upon many listens. The lineup on this album consists of Van Labrakis on vocals and guitar, Scott Hoffman on guitar, bassist Avinash Mitur, and drummer Brian Coons. I apologize to the bassist for butchering his name. From the opening riff of the song Atron, the talent of this guitar duo hits hard with precision and harmonies echoing masters of old and new, such as Maiden, Priest, The Sword, Visigoth, just to name a few. It welcomes you to a blackened sci-fi journey you will want to go on many times over. The bass and drums on this album are not lacking in awesomeness either. A lot of times the simple stuff hits way harder than the technical dazzle, and this album is a prime example of this. Try not air drumming along to the closing track The Trident. This is the kind of band I could see myself drumming for if I wasn't in my own, of course. The album is a quick listen, clocking in about 37 minutes over 8 diverse and riff-laden tracks. The album is available on their Bandcamp, on CD, and digital, and at the time of recording this segment, there were 10 vinyl left on their Bandcamp. So if you do listen and like this album, be sure to grab a copy before they're all gone. The artwork alone is worth owning a copy. It is really masterful stuff and fits the album vibe really well. First album is excellent as well, and both are also available on all streaming sites. Videos for Edge of Night and Cronian Moon, off their latest album, are on YouTube. Also, if you're on the West Coast, be sure to catch them opening for Bewitcher on a tour coming up really soon. Will the term Labracus Hoffman ever be used like Tipton Downing or Smith Murray? Time will tell, but I suspect the foundation they have laid will catapult them to a duo many music fans with excellent taste such as yourselves who are listening, will reference when comparing the next great new wave of traditional heavy metal bands. The trad metal is coming on strong from the USA, and I look forward to seeing what part of the country my next favorite trad band comes from. 
There's a lot going on with tribe metal festivals popping up all over the country and talent oozing up to the surface. And it's a really good time to be a trad metal fan with all these bands coming from different regions with different influences, mixing them all in the pot. It's the most exciting subgenre for me personally. Until next time, friends, stay safe and stay happy. You know, I really have to agree with what you, Jason said in that there are a lot of traditional heavy metal festivals popping up everywhere now. It's so cool that, like, this music that, you know, was inspired by Maiden and Priest and, you know, even, like, Black Sabbath, the Dio years, is all coming back and being super popular again. Because... It doesn't have to be all super screaming heavy all the time, right? You can have some good melodic stuff in there as well. And you know what? You did say something about Lemmy singing over some black metal. You know, he does have a Lemmy quality. I will give him that. It, it, there is that raspy gravel voiceness that that the dude has, and it's so cool to me because I'm a huge Motorhead fan, and I love that. <laughs> You know, that Lemmy thing, that that gravel that he has. So anyways, let's go ahead and get into this. This is from The Haunted Garage. This is Surf Nazis. They must die. Yeah. <laughs> 
it pretty much wiped out the coastline. But after a while, I went down to see if the hot dog stand was still there. And it was, but Shlomo wasn't there. Instead, these goons with shaved heads and suspenders were running in. I said, hey, how about a Polish sausage? And they said, Poland. Man, we wiped out Poland. I said, okay, how about a Hebrew national dog? And they said, Hebrew national? No Jew dogs here, buddy. They got me mad. They got me so mad I wanted to shout. You know what I shouted? Surf! Nazis! They must die! Surf! Nazis! They must die! Surf! Nazis! They must die! Hand grenades and chainsaw waves and Nazis fall like Poland. The California coast flood. Looking like a no man's land. It's now a gangster's turf. Too bad that they can't surf. All right, metalheads. I'm being joined here with Kevin Von Esper from Von Esper Studios, and he's a filmmaker. He's currently working on a documentary called "The Life and Slimes of Dookie Flyswatter." But before we get into talking about all of that, dude, Kevin, how are you doing, man? I'm great. How are you doing, man? I am doing amazing. It we're getting yes. this weird weather here in the Kentuckiana area, where it's it's like. Earlier this week, it was like 50 degrees, and then it was 80 degrees, and and then the the next day, it was like 38. Yeah, we're getting some similar here in New York. Um, It's like super cold out right now, and I know spring has just sprung, so what the fuck? (laughs) Right, right. I don't get it. I I, want to move to a place where it's sunny all the time, but where it's not oppressively hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. And and I don't know. I couldn't deal with like the winters you get up there. I can't deal with it either, man. It breaks us down, and now I'm about to cry. Oh shit! No, just kidding. But <laughs> it is brutal. It it can be brutal, and it's not fun anymore. Like we're not young here. I'm not young anymore. It's it's pretty uh, if you're inside and uh, behind a window. But besides that, yeah, if you have I'm to, so over that. Yeah, right. If you have to get out in it, it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, I got to drive everywhere now that I'm back in the suburbs, so it's like snow does not sound like a good time to me. Now, that's always been an interesting concept to me uh, uh, with New York and New Jersey and, you know, like a super densely populated area when you say suburbs. Uh, Define suburbs. Are you like 45 minutes away from downtown or, or what? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I lived in Astoria, Queens, and and I guess that you would consider that New York City for about 15 years until the pandemic happened. And then I moved back to where I uh, grew up in the suburbs, which I would consider it's about an hour drive, give or take traffic and stuff like that. Um, So it's still close enough to drive in. But, you know, I do have a drive away here. So that's like the big difference. You, you know, that's what the really interesting thing is, is where I live. I I live about a mile away from Louisville, Kentucky in Indiana. Okay. You know, you're you're saying like an hour away from where you yeah, are. About, if, yeah. If you were to drive an hour away from Louisville, Kentucky, you would be in Seymour, Indiana, where John Mellencamp was from. <laughs> which okay. Is, which is like 50 miles. 
So okay. it's like, yeah, it, it's insane. Is, is, that a, is it a big city or no? Or? No, it's not. No, not at all. <laughs> no, I mean it's nowhere near. It's you know maybe maybe sixty thousand people, if that. <laughs> you know, yeah, if okay. and that's on, yeah, that's yeah. like that's in a, a, like a, a baby boom year, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, I played in Louisville. Kentucky once, I believe. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it it can be a good place to play. I mean, we have a lot of pretty cool places here. Uh, of I, course, a lot of I, them have getting taken taken away because of the pandemic and yeah. such. But that's anywhere I you believe, go these days. Yeah, I was on. Not to. We're, we're going on the tangents already. I was on tour with Green Jelly, so that's sort of related to our topic of discussion. Yeah. Um, I was I was a member of Green Jelly and Radioactive Chicken Heads and the Rosemary's Billy Goat, and we were on this big tour, on a tour bus. This was 2008, and we went to Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm pretty sure we played like a, like just a, it was a bar with a back room with one light and no PA system and three people showed up. Oh my gosh. It almost- so we just like, we took our costumes, the green jelly costumes and put them all on the chairs. So at least we would have a puppet audience to play to. <laughs> and I think we tried to go, that's where the, the baseball museum is, right? Yes. The Louisville yeah, Slugger Museum. I think we tried to go there, but it was like a Sunday and it was closed. So it was like such a bust. <laughs> you know, that's, that's always weird. Cause like Sundays in Louisville are, are crazy. You could have like a crazy, amazing show. And then the next week you have nothing. It, it's just, it was still fun, but it was not, I wouldn't call it a success, you know, cause absolutely. even in your playing to three people, when you're in a band like Green Jelly, like one of those guys in the crowd is going to have like a Green Jelly tattoo. To, you know, which was the case in this uh, at at this time. So it's like you still got to give it your all because that one guy in the crowd who did show up like really loves your shit. Absolutely, and you yeah. know it's it just to you know yeah be getting on the tangent here really fast with Green Jelly <laughs> yeah. is mm-hmm. I love the concept of the band. Because there've been like seventy nine members of this band. Oh no 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 no! That was a long time ago. They've surpassed a thousand by now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, See? I know. Uh, member two. I'm two hundred and thirty seven, and um, last year or the year before they passed a thousand. So oh it's more gosh. than that now. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just so interesting to you know, like you would do not per- you personally, but. Like right. X member would do like four or five shows on this on this tour. The next person would come in and do four or five mm-hmm. shows, and then the next person sort of in. yeah. That's what that's what he has started doing now since I left. Well, I mean, I didn't really leave, but I'm an inactive member, I guess you would call me. Um, when I went on tour with them, that was one of the last tours he did with a band before he started doing his franchise bands, which is what you were talking about. He just has a group in every large area that's ready to do shows he just shows up with his costumes ready to go see that's amazing and I, it's uh, awesome yeah and i think that's honestly what dave brocky had tried to do with Gwar when with the costumes and then he he basically said that anybody could p- come in and be such and such character well he's not wrong yet right <laughs> Absolutely. And I hope they do. Guar can live forever. And I think that's what Kiss is going to do too, probably. Well, absolutely. Yes, exactly. And see, that is the beautiful thing about that is because Dave had mentioned Kiss in that same interview because the face paint, you know, it yep. was, it was an anonymic thing where the face paint, you, Gene Simmons, you didn't know if he was going to be there. 
I mean, granted, he he's never going to die at this point. But I know. <laughs> <laughs> nor is Paul Stanley. So that's that's super cool to me. That that granted, they're characters, but the band mm-hmm. can essentially just live forever at that point. I think it's a great idea. I mean, in 50 years, you're going to want to be able to still see Kiss. The, the experience, you'll get the same experience, even if it's not the same members, you know? Like, the f- you'll get the explosions and the blood and the costumes and, like, the pre-recorded music. And I, I didn't say that. Farewell. I I, 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 still, I I still, you know, I saw Kiss on their final tour, which they're still doing. So it's still a great show. I'd still say go see it. Oh, absolutely. I, I saw them yeah. on that on the same tour and that was the first time I had ever seen them. And it's funny to me because, you know, they've they did a reunion tour uh twenty twenty something years ago, uh almost yeah. thirty years ago at this point. Yeah. And then when, shortly after they did a, re- a farewell tour. Yeah. Back yeah. in like oh two, which was twenty yeah, years I, ago. <laughs> I saw that. Well, not the initial reunion tour, but I saw them at the, the Psycho Circus tour, which was like the next album after that. Yes. Uh, oh, so this must have been like 1997 or 98. And, and I'll bring it full circle for you. Um, that reunion tour, that whole thing with the, when they put the, the makeup back on started and happened in Green Jelly Studios. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause like after the three little pigs blew up, he had, you know, he bought like a production studio and basically just housed all these crazy projects, including the kiss reunion. That is amazing. So Gene, Gene Simmons used to babysit like uh, his son, Damien, who was on tour with us when he was 13, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That See, yeah. that's, that's rad as shit, dude. <laughs> Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey guys, Wesley Steve of the Wesley Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. 
you'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. So tell us about the life and slimes of Dookie Flyswatter in the Haunted Garage. Oh, it's a passion project. I, well, you know, let me take it back to uh, when I was a child. Um, I'm 38 years old now, so I discovered, I'm going to say I discovered Green Jelly in 1993 or 4, you know, when they when they got really popular. It was probably the same way I did with the Maximum Carnage soundtrack. Yeah. It, no, no, I, I discovered them when they did Three Little Pigs. Oh, so. cool. Yeah, I was I was like a year or two right before that. Um, I remember when the Maximum Carnage came out, and I was just like mind blowing. But uh, you know, I was like a ten year old kid, and I got you know Kurt Cobain had just died, so like my grunge era had sort of just ended. <laughs> and the next thing I kind of fell into was Green Jelly, and very quickly after that, you discover Guar, and very quickly after that, you discover Haunted Garage, right? Right. Especially because, like, the internet was just kind of starting up. That was, like, what was recommended to you. If you like Green Jelly and Guar, you're going to love Haunted Garage. I'm like, well, let me pick up this one album they have. And ever since then, it's kind of been a fascination for me because out of those bands, they're the kind of, like, most mysterious one you know they're the most i would say elusive and like has put out the le least amount of material so i always wanted more and 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 now uh through this documentary i'm getting it <laughs> so it's really just self-serving like i wanted to see more haunted garage how am i going to do this but let me take my love of the band and this you know professional skills and videography that i've done for the past 15 years and like marry them together because if someone's not going to do this now, like, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Right. And let's face it. We're in a time and place in our society where nostalgic documentaries are being made, whether it yeah. be Anvil, the story of Anvil. Love those guys. Yeah. Super awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, I am Thor is another right. one. Yeah. Super great. Thor. You know, both of those bands, friends of the show, been on the show. Awesome people. Right. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. And, you know, then you get the other things like the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts and, and stuff like that, which is, you know, his mm -hmm. it's his documentary. And I think, you know, we've come to this resurgence period because yeah. whether it be yeah. in music with thrash metal has had this massive resurgence over the last 10 years, uh, whether it be, you know. Um, what am I saying here? Uh, new wave of traditional heavy metal, which is, you know, more on things like Judas Priest and, yeah. you know, the bands that are doing it today. It's another resurgence period. And you know what else is on a resurgence and like what people are really loving these days, nostalgia wise? VHS tapes and horror movies. Yeah, absolutely. And like that's a totally a part of this. Like everyone loves these retro 80s horror. Like it's coming back in a way that nobody would have ever imagined. So it's kind of the perfect time for this 
you know, because of his his movie career, he's in all those movies, you know, like not all of them, but like some of those few that are on that top 10 list of like 80s, 90s B movies. That's Dookie, man. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like you're going to find him in there. For sure. Like, you know, surf Nazis must die and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood chainsaw hookers and sorority babes and the slimeball bolorama, all those movies that are on the tip of people's retro tongue. Right. That, that are playing you know, in dive bars like Black Circle Brewing in Indianapolis that are playing there oh, every, cool. every weekend, you know, that you just yeah. you walk in and there it is. Or, yeah. And which is super cool because I think the streaming service like Shudder, where they don't get the primo horror movies, like big studio movies, they mm-hmm. get all of these B movies on there. And yeah. And then people just sit there and, and they seek them out. And then they have documentaries about them on there, too. It, like, uh, I don't know if you saw the I think it was called the In Search of Horror or something like that. There were, there were these two like four hour doc long documentaries that were on shutter and they just did it for sci-fi movies now which i have to watch a bunch of people who well a couple people who are also involved in my documentary are in those and there's even a whole section on blood diner which is a a movie that dookie wrote like it's it's in right now and shutter is definitely on the you know the forefront of of representing all this material and Really, Shutter, if you're listening, you know, I think I'd be a really nice fit on your streaming service. Definitely Shutter. I'm gonna I'm gonna send this a link to their their email. <laughs> for yeah, <this. laughs> yeah, well, it's on my list of things to do, trust me. Definitely. They're they're gonna hear from me eventually. Back on yeah, your documentary. Mm-hmm. With it being a passion project, how did you go about just sitting there and what what was the thought process? Obviously, you wanted yeah. to you wanted to find out more about Dookie and the band. Did you did you have to reach out through like a management, or did you just like shot in the management. dark? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I mean, there's yeah, still yeah. somebody out no, there. I got you. I mean, there's um, still somebody out there that you know is probably. I mean, whether it be you know. <laughs> Trevor Statterly or whatever, and it just be the guy that is like an alias for even him. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure, but, sure. So did well, you just like shot in the dark I, and send an email? Sort of. Um, you know, back when I first discovered them, like I was just talking about in the, you know, mid to early 90s, I actually started the first Haunted Garage website because there was not really any information on there. And that was my first like drop in the bucket of trying to like find out more about this whole world and, and his movies and everything. And very quickly people started coming to me, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden I was an 11 year old kid with a website and Dookie's phone number. So we've actually been in touch for a really long time. Not like, uh, you know, like not like we talk all the time, but like we always were a presence since then. Like, I think I int- uh, invited him to MySpace when that started or something like that. You know what I mean? Nice. And yeah, so like I always kind of had the contact. And then in 2008, when they did a reunion show, um, it was only two of like the old school guys doing it. But, you know, I'm from New York, so I actually flew to L.A. to go see that. And like Dookie like drove me around and like we hung out at his house while they were doing the makeup for it. And they chainsawed me on stage that night, you know, <laughs> while while Dina, Di, sorry, Dinah Cancer from 45 Grave was singing background vocals. It was such a moment. Um, so I kind of already had like the 
that's the start of those connections. And then it was really during the pandemic, I started, um, you know, digitizing like my VHS collection. Like I used to trade, uh, like bootlegs on VHS tapes and cassettes and things like that. And I just had this idea. I was like, there's gotta be a lot more out there and I'm going to find it. So you know what I should do? Like there was actually when I went out there in 2008, um, somebody was supposed to be starting a documentary. They, there was actually a, a poster I wish I could show you on my wall for that show. And it said like documentary film, you know, making, you know, filming documentary footage tonight or something like that. And I'm like, oh, great. Someone's going to do it. And nothing ever happened with that. You know, I don't even think they started doing interviews. Um, so I'm like, you know what? It's time to do it. Let me just like send some cold call messages. You know, I'm already kind of, people already know who I am. So it's not like I'm just a stranger reaching out and people were very receptive to it and are interested in talking about something so crazy like Haunted Garage, you know, because this isn't for the people who already know about them. This is for the people who don't know about him. You know, this is like the, I call it the Tiger King of Shudder. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because it's like, well, you, if you already know, you know. But for everybody else, like, it's going to blow your fucking mind. Absolutely. And the the interesting thing about Haunted Garage with me, what I've noticed with them, is there was the initial band that lasted from 85 to about 92-ish. Yep, exactly. And, yep. And then, so, you know, you're looking at about seven years there. Mm-hmm. And then the resurgence happened in 2013 mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. i think they're kind of on hiatus right now yeah and yeah he's kind of retiring from the stage right now um but i got them to do one last show while i was there in la at green jelly studios actually he does a a weekly um internet show from his he turned his living room into a full studio with like multi-camera setups and everything and so i had them play their final performance at um it was called Green Jello Vision at that time, and now it's just turned to WTF TV. That's so awesome. that was last last summer was kind of like his last hurrah. I, I'm hoping to keep them alive through you know maybe some studio stuff, but I think he's done with the stage shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's getting up there. I I mean, he is getting up there. I can definitely understand that. I mean, he's close to seventy yeah. years old, and you know, some people just. You know, that's really where a lot of them cut it. I mean, like we were talking about. He's a hard, he goes hard as a performer, you know, and you got to respect him for that. Well, he comes from a time, obviously, when, when you had to, Mm -hmm. you know, you're talking 85, you know, when the band started and to compete with that new thrash and, you know, all of that, all of the LA heavy metal and San Francisco, East Bay, uh, stuff like yeah. that, along with the boom everywhere. You know, you had anthrax and, and overkill on the East Coast. You had death in Florida, you know, Pantera in Texas. You had all of them, you know, the Metallicas, the right. Molly Cruz and all to, to compete with all of that. You had to go in a, a, a direction that you knew people would would say holy shit i've got to see that actually what's funny is when they started out they were not a heavy metal band at all right i don't know if you've ever heard like the original original haunted garage but they were like a garage band playing um bad songs from bad movies is what they say like (laughs) they would be covering like the green slime theme song and like 
born mean from uh, Satan sadist and the blob and and stuff like that. And it was very like kind of subdued compared to what it became um, as the members of the band started changing throughout the years and other influences came in. Specifically, I would say the Misfits. When Dookie discovered the Misfits, which was past, you know, when they were actually existing, I would say in the late 80s, you hear a sudden tempo change in their music, let's say. Oh, for and sure. then from there, it just kind of like went through that heavy metal route and the Metal Blade records. And and then, yeah, they were like a force to contend with in that arena, for sure. Definitely. So when is the documentary set to be released? <laughs> oh, God, who knows? So the thing about this documentary is it's a completely DIY project as of now. I am doing it all myself. Well, I have a couple co-producers, but like in terms of doing most of the filming and all of the editing uh, and everything else, that's all on me. Um, so it'll get done when it gets done. <laughs> and, and hopefully it'll get done sooner than later if, um, if we have a very successful fundraiser, which is, you know, what I'm really here to push on the people right now. Definitely. And links will be listed below for that. Yes. But you can also. DukeyDoc.com. Exactly. D-U-K-E-Y doc.com. Absolutely. And you can join the Indiegogo campaign pre-launch. Yes. You can watch the trailer. And yes, you can find out anything you need to know from there. And I just yes. love the just the just the green. I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of green and just the website. It's it, it's awesome looking. It almost looks like you can. It, it almost looks like Dookie could be on a one dollar bill. <laughs> It'd be like on the fifty cent dollar bill, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so hopefully here soon, you know, we can get a, an awesome documentary coming out w yes. with this. And you've talked to a ton of people ba based on yeah. the trailer you showed me. You know, even though this is just still, I would consider the start of, of it for me. I, when I went to L.A. Um, last summer, I came back with over 40 interviews so far. And the, some of the people who talked to me were just incredible. Should I start listening them off? Yeah, should absolutely. Give some, All right. give some shout should, outs should to I, people. Let's, uh, let's start with the music community. I got, um, <clears throat> members of Guar, Green Jelly, um, Adolescence, The Dwarves, of course, Haunted Garage. That's a given. Um, I'm going to be talking to, I don't want to like, you know, maybe yeah, I shouldn't say too much, but don't give everybody later away. in the, yeah, late. Well, okay. Maybe I'll save that one. No, I'm not. I'm, I already have it on the press release. I'm supposed to talk to members of L7. And then in the horror community, I got like Bill Mosley, um, Brink Stevens, Michelle Bauer. We're going to be talking to some of the directors like Fred Olin Ray. Um, what who am I forgetting here? It's a, it's an impressive little roster I got. Absolutely, and, and you and you did mention uh, Bill Mosley, who is a yes. musician as well, and a lot of people right, don't yeah. know that. So yes, uh, Cornbugs, go check out Cornbugs because one of my other favorite artists is Buckethead, and he did a whole bunch of albums with Buckethead. Absolutely, and he's also done uh, Bill and Phil, which is Bill Mosley and Phil Anselmo from Pantera. And and his most current one is Spider Mountain, which is basically an extension of Cornbugs, but with um some of the members of uh, Stolen Babies, which is another band that I really love. Absolutely, he was such a he was such an amazing guy to hang out with.
Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Like I said, I like to know what make people tick. And because you're a guest here on the show as well... I'm going to ask you some general profile questions like I do sure. musicians and everybody else that comes on the show. Well, I am also a musician, so that, get that, that to your advantage. Yeah. Definitely. Who is your favorite visual artist? That is a good question. I don't know if I've ever really thought about that. Can I, If I can answer in a way that uh, brings it back to us, I want to say I think this is one of, is probably the best album cover of all time. Nice. Uh, and I'm holding up. I'm holding up the Possession Park Haunted Garage vinyl, um, and this is by Alan Forbes Jr. And I don't know all of his work, but he's very prolific. He, there, you, everybody's seen so much of his work and don't even know it. I don't, I don't know if I'd say he's my favorite, but that's probably my favorite album cover of all time. So if I can have that as my answer to this one, <laughs> I don't know. As a person, that's a that's something I'd have to really think about. Absolutely. What is one thing you'd change about yourself? I would be more rich and successful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Definitely. Which I'm on the I, I'm on the up and up right now, but you know, I'm still a broke artist trying to just do my passion projects. So For sure. For hopefully sure. in the future I will have my hot tub by the studio. Right. Just just keep it away from the electric. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like just just separate enough, but but close enough where it's just like Record some stuff and then uh, hop in the 
hop in the, the hot tub. What do you invest too much time into? This project, this Haunted Garage documentary. <laughs> that and my, I guess, the music that I make. Those are like the two things that I really do outside of, you know, vanilla job stuff. Definitely. Which, yeah. like you said, you had the website when you were super young. So, yeah, this has been an ongoing project for years at this, for at yeah, least 20 years at this point. 21, 31, almost, yeah. Almost 30, 30 years. <laughs> it's it's yeah. scary to think about, yeah. <laughs> what food can you not stand? Oh, I, I fish. I can't eat fish. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. I just, like, start gagging at the smell of it. Uh, what was the last thing you watched on YouTube? Oh, um, I probably was watching a podcast before. Yeah, I think I was watching like some horror movie podcasts. So okay. Someone I'm going to talk to soon. Yeah. Hell yeah, definitely. Uh, what was the first concert you ever attended? Um, well, I have two answers for this because one, I was really young and I know I was taken to be, to see the Beach Boys, but I was sort of too young to really, you know, conceptualize Process. that. Yeah. So like the first real concert I went to was, um, typo negative opening for Queensryche. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old. That's, that's awesome. I would have loved, yeah. I never got to see typo. Oh, I saw them a bunch of times, and once as Carnivore. Ah, oh, I'm jealous, yeah. man. I'm jealous already. Yeah, that was. I mean, I guess that's a perk of living in New York City and, and kind of being in that environment. Definitely, and and them being from up there too. So yeah, and and one of them, um, the guitar player Kenny Hickey, actually, I've never met him personally, but I know he has seen some of my work and has enjoyed it. Nice. That's awesome, though. So I mean, yeah. maybe maybe there's a typo documentary in in the works somewhere. Could be. I'm your guy. If you need a music documentary and you got a budget, hit me up. <laughs> right. For sure. I think they would be actually be a lot easier to get a budget from than, uh, you know, than most projects. <laughs> right. Um, what's the worst advice you've ever received? Worst advice I've ever received? Um, that you can work hard and achieve your goals in this country. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's I like I never stop hustling and, uh, you know. Definitely. Uh, I, I'm shrugging my shoulders for the listeners. <laughs> right. Um, if you would have followed your dreams as a child, what would you be doing? Exactly what I'm doing now because I never stopped following my dreams. And that's maybe part of my downfall as much as it is my, um, you know, whatever you would call the opposite of that. Right. And and that's great because, you know, as many people as I talk to on here that I get to ask that question to, they they are pretty much doing what they've always wanted to do. And yeah, that and is super cool to me. And, and, you know, that just like, yeah, there might not be tons of money in it, but you get a, a ridiculous amount of happiness and, and content out of out of it. Yeah. And plus, I think I think I feel like this year is like my great reboot because, you know, the pandemic really made everybody think hard about what they really want to do, I guess. And. And I think everything that I do, I'm doing it at a better level than I've ever been able to before with, you know, just um, years of, of doing it. And plus the technology is kind of there. Like when I was, you know, in high school recording music, I had like an eight track, you know what I mean? And now you can make professional sounding albums in your bedroom on, on your computer, which is just like incredible. 
You know, if I had that back then, I think I would be way far along. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and then the documentary too, it's just like, you know, you just download some editing software or, you know, buy some editing software and, and you're on your way. Like, that's all you really need. That oh. and the camera. I mean, you know, the technology is there. And, um, so I'm glad that I'm kind of meeting it with my skills at this moment. And I think I'm doing the best work that I've ever done. And I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm having, I guess I'm pursuing it in the most ambitious way that I ever have with, with film and with this film and for my music career. This is like, this is the year where I'm kind of like relaunching my career. Definitely. And it's interesting to me that like so many of these documentaries are being filmed on like an iPhone. Right. Right. Because technology and, you know, recording like this podcast, even through, a two-channel focus right recording ring mm-hmm. that yeah. you don't need to have this crazy 48-channel board and, no. and any of that. You can just... It's all self-contained at this point. <laughs> I, exactly. That's it, all you need. Exactly. And that that's exactly what I'm using. <laughs> yeah. For and, sure. and that's what I tried to use for these podcasts, but I couldn't get it to work, so seems like my computer audio is just almost just as good so who knows for sure hey it's mark maxwell at maxwell's house of music listen all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website check it out at maxwell's house of music.com we carry all the top brands like fender we got gibson we also have basses we've got ukuleles we've got drums we've got sound gear we've got keyboards It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have you ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? <laughs> Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. So I've got a couple more. But again, as we said earlier, dookieduck.com. You can go on there. Dookieduck. Yes. .com. Go on there. Show the support. uh, Give. And obviously on Instagram and Facebook, give a like, share, and a follow. Um, Yes. Share it often. You know, do do everything. Dookieduck. Definitely. And then on Facebook, um, I have a group called also the Life and Slimes of Dookie Flyswatter. So if you want to follow me and other people posting Dookie and Haunted Garage content all the time, find that on Facebook. Definitely. And as I said, links will be listed below. Do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today? Oh, shout out to everyone who's helping me with this thing and and my life in general right now because it's it's trying times and we all just need a little support i guess for sure and i will 
Yes, a hundred percent on that. Shout out Dookie Flyswatter for doing what he does. Obviously, the reason why we're here today. And shout out and shout out the new guys too, which I know you're friends with them, and you gotta you gotta promote the new stuff too, right? You know, yes the 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 Slender Man and Other Tales album. Yeah, you know, like this wouldn't this this wouldn't have been uh, possible without some of our friends, um, you know, helping me out in L.A. Uh, sure. Andy and Kayla and 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 all those like and, they and Andrew they made my experience all. yeah and Andrew yeah and and they're all in the documentary Andrew as well um you know Andy and Kayla like housed me while I was there and made we made their house our studio like I know that's giving away my secrets but like yeah most of that stuff was shot in their in their place and they you know and and Eric as well like he actually moved to Portland and he came back just to like help us out while i was in town so these guys have been super supportive and and they also think it's important to you know preserve the legacy of dookie flaxwater for sure they know it's important hell yeah see and that's what it's all about it's the brotherhood i guess yeah yeah totally and and like since i started like the instagram and everything which was only about like i don't know a month ago like the the response I've gotten from the communities, the metal and horror communities is just incredible. Everyone's very supportive of each other. And, and I can see how, you know, horror directors and things, people like that, I can see why they keep doing it because you get that bug and like everyone supports you. For sure. And that's, and that's what it's all about in the end result. You know, it is. So, so now, so now please support me <laughs> for sure. So I got a two part question of this because you are a musician and you are a filmmaker. So sure. for, for the musician in you, what album changed mm-hmm. your life? Oh, um, the, I guess the misfits collection. <laughs> nice. It's probably, it's probably like one of the most influential and, and, um, what the interesting story behind that is that, um, the first time I ever heard an old Misfits song was actually Haunted Garage playing it. And I had no idea who it was because I was like 10 or 11 years old watching these old Haunted Garage videos. And I hear them playing these incredible like three chord punk horror songs. And I'm like, holy shit, what is this? And suddenly, you know, a couple years later, I hear one of my uh, friends in in like middle school, I guess, in the cafeteria screaming like, I ain't no goddamn son of a bitch. And I'm like, how do you know that song? And what is it? And the next day or, or that night I had borrowed his collection CD. The next day I had the box set and it just kind of was like a revelation to me. Absolutely. So, and the other side of that question is because you're a filmmaker, what film changed your life? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. So, well, see, I, I've never made like a fiction film. Like this is the first project of, of, of the scope that I'm pursuing, but just in terms of, um, DIY and, and like, and stuff like that, I would say maybe the Blair Witch Project. Okay. For sure. You know, because I was very young when I saw that in the theater when it was only in two theaters at the time. Um, when everyone, you know, it was still kind of like, Ooh, is it real? Is it not real? Uh, and, the what they could do with just like such a low budget and a few cameras is just mind blowing still to today. Right, because that budget wasn't it wasn't insane. There was no budget yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, I mean it was I think, I think 
Clerks had a higher budget than that, and it almost Clerks had probably, no budget. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Clerks, Clerks as, as well, you know, is in is in that realm for sure. I definitely saw that when it came out, not in the theater, but like, right. I, I knew Clerks, I knew Clerks before Mallrats came out. Let's say that much. Right. Well, I mean, and being from East Coast, like that in New York sure. and stuff, for sure, that probably helps. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely for somebody in the Midwest like me, nobody knew who what it was until after yeah. after Mall Rats, I don't think. So <laughs> Right, maybe. Maybe. I got lucky. I guess I had an older brother too, so um shout out to him for exposing me to to things like that. For sure. And he worked he worked at a movie theater at the time, so Oh well, that's he even knew better. What was going on. Yeah. That, that's yeah. even better. Dude, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate this. This has been awesome. Um, I'm, this is like a step to my going into more to the scene of things from, Great. you know, not just the, not just the metal and the music, but the, the whole community, whether it be horror films, documentary films about musicians, uh, au- uh authors. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming on the Metal Forge this week. Thank you so much. Uh, this is my only my second podcast that I've ever done. Uh, I did one last night. So um, thanks for for having me and, you know, just sort of being the start of hopefully, you know, I, I like doing this. This is fun. It, it, it definitely is fun. From Slenderman and Other Strange Tales with the new lineup, mm. what do you want me to play off of that album today? My probably my favorite Haunted Garage song of all time is Judgment Road. And um yeah, and, and luckily we got the new guys to record that one uh for for this edition of the album, Slender Man. Hell yeah. Even though that song is from, you know, I, I think going through all my tapes that I found of Haunted Garage, they probably started performing that song in like nineteen ninety and it was never recorded, you know, all most of my favorite Haunted Garage songs was second album material, and we never got the second album. So this is about as close as we're going to get to it. All right, so you heard him. This is from The Haunted Garage. This is Judgment Road. <laughs> Hand to me in God I'm 
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the Metal Madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.